Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Field Guys podcast, your home for the greatest sports mind since Rob Manfred. We are your hosts, Cameron Curran and Max Jensen. And today in this upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, some more rankings you didn't know you needed, a continuation of last time, maybe reviewing a little bit of the uh, the new Logic album. But the the main hunk of it and the thing we're going to start off with is going to be talking about the uh, the first week of the MLB's return, as well as predictions for later on through the season. Mm-hmm. So, Max, you want to start us off with uh, with your your initial thoughts on the MLB season so far? Yeah, well, I was obviously excited. I'm a big baseball guy, big Nats guy. Um, cool to see them play the Yankees, one of the best teams in baseball. Opening night. Um, besides that, though, it's kind of just gone downhill from there. I mean. Um, Juan Soto obviously tested positive. Turns out it was probably a false positive, which is good. But that's not the big story. The big story is the Marlins, 17 players now testing positive. Um, and really, really nothing is happening with the other teams. Manfred said, like, we're continuing the season. Um, we can definitely talk about that a little later, but I don't know. I'm a little wary about how the rest of the season is going to go. I don't have a ton of confidence because I mean, 17 players is more than half of the team. Like it's one thing. The Marlins weren't going to be a playoff team anyway, but imagine if this happened to a team like the Dodgers, like I feel like it'd be a little different because everyone would be like, Oh, it's unfair. Um, They're probably not going to make, make the playoffs. Um, it shouldn't matter uh, which team it is, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little skeptical skeptical about how things are going to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I we're, we're going to talk about like the whole the whole COVID thing a little bit later. But watching how how long it took for the MLB to just figure out a way to start the season, uh, it's it they they didn't give us the greatest precedence to believe that they could figure out these things on the fly. Yeah. So, and it's cool to yeah. see the NBA is actually doing well. They had a hundred percent negative tests, which is good. That's coming back tomorrow, but uh, Moby might need to step it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, I guess this is a little bit of a tangent. We'll, we'll try to get back on MLB in a little Cameron bit. Cameron loves tangents. I do love tangents. Um, the, the NBA, I feel like, did a very good job of working with the NBA Players Association and the leadership. I think Adam Silver is generally respected by most of the players, most of the owners. And I think most of the owners and the general managers who work in the NBA really love the game and really want to see it be played rather than worrying only about uh, like the business side of it, mm-hmm. which, which is really, really good for the health of the sport. And I think being in the bubble, which makes it so much easier. Um, I, the MLB players decided not to do one. I know the NFL players just decided not to do one, um, which I don't know. It's, I, I understand it. Obviously, like for me, I think it'd be fun to just hang out with like your friends in a hotel resort for, for three months. But I understand it, like when you have families and your wives and kids are back home. Yeah, and with baseball, it's hard to do to do something like that because 
um, you would need to be going down to Florida or Arizona because that's where yeah. there's a lot of um, baseball stadiums all in one area. And obviously, Do that in July and August. Well, right now, obviously, Florida and Arizona are two kind of hotspots for COVID, so that's yeah. not great. Also, um, I, I would not want to. I would not want to do anything in Arizona in August. That's true. Yeah, yeah. the Diamondback Stadium's indoors, but the spring training stuff all outside. That would suck. Yes, it would. Um, but with that out of the way, we can sort of talk about maybe some predictions, some teams we think are going to reach the playoffs. Yep. Um, I, I'll, I'll start. I'll kind of work my way from the AL to the NL. Yep. Um, so in the AL East, um, well, actually, before I start, there's a new format, if you're unaware, um, with the MLB playoffs. Eight teams get in. Um, previously, it was the three division winners and two wild cards. Now it is the first and second place finishers within the division, plus the two next best teams. So more than half of each league is getting in the playoffs, which is, I don't love it, but I know why they're doing it. I feel like it was a compromise um, because probably owners want more money. They want their teams making the playoffs. Um, I understand why it happened, but whatever. I, so with the AL East, I feel like there's two teams that are sort of locks. Um, there's two that stand out way above the rest, and that for me is the Yankees and the Rays. Um, I feel like the Yankees are probably uh, – they're up there with the Dodgers for the best team in baseball. I mean, Judge, Stanton, Torres, um, their lineup super scary. And then Garrett Cole is just ridiculous. Insane. Um, they don't have a ton of pitching depth behind him. Um, Paxton started the other day, and he did not do too well against awful. them. Awful. Absolutely horrific. Um, but the Yankees, I feel like, are a lock. I also feel like the Rays are a lock. Uh, they're quietly kind of one of the stronger teams in baseball um, behind the Nats. I'd say they probably have the best rotation offense is good. I wouldn't say it's great, um, but the pitching will really carry them. And I actually have one more team from this division making the playoffs. Okay. It is not Cameron's favorite team. Unfortunately, it is not the Red Sox. All right. Um, it's actually who the nationals are playing right now. The blue Jays. Um, I'd say normally this team wouldn't have a shot at the playoffs, but with eight getting in, I really wouldn't be surprised to see them because they're young. They're up and coming. Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, this guy right here pitching, making his debut, Nate Pearson, I believe. I just picked him up in fantasy too. Nice. Uh, he's like the number eight prospect, and he looked good, like really good. Um, so I could see the Blue Jays making it. You got anything for the AL East? I mean, okay. I have those bias. A little bit. I I want the Red Sox to do well. And when you read just like through the list of names in the battle lineup, you, you read it and you say, this team isn't like they, they, they could contend for maybe a wild card spot. Right. And I I I know it's just the first three games and it's really early in the season. Mm-hmm. But after that that opener, they just looked horrific. Against the Orioles, too. And they then they lost the to the Mets today. Or one of the, it was either today or yesterday. They lost to the Mets. Mm-hmm. And it's just – and you watch them, and you just they – they still got Chris Sale out. Eduardo Rodriguez just tested positive for, for COVID, so he's, not at, so he's not in. 
and it's just it's and after losing um Mookie it's just they have so much in dead cap and all their players are kind of I just feel like there's like this mental thing with the Red Sox but they're not looking too great right now I feel like with the AL East the Yankees are probably my favorite to even make it to the World Series which it's hard for me to say, but I'd, I'd, I'd say they're my favorite. Uh, Luke Voigt sucks, though. He's and awful. Drafted him and then dropped him two days into the season. I two believe. days into the season. So which four, over four. His, by the end of that series, I think he was one for 14, and his only did, hit was a home run. He did hit a home run the game after Cameron dropped him. And then went zero, like he went like one for six that game. Yeah. He was like one for 14 the entire series. Plus, I already had, uh, what's his name? The uh, DJ LeMayhew. And he, he's, um, um, he's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think the Rays and the Blue Jays, or the Blue Jays are, yeah, they're both, they're fine. It's, yeah. I don't really have any. I feel like they're a team of the future. Like, yeah. They got a lot of young stars. With the Red Sox, though, I feel like they have the offense. They don't have the pitching. That's the thing. Chris Sale's out. Eduardo Rodriguez, you said, might be out for a little bit. Nathan Avaldi's their quote-unquote ace. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they have the pitching depth. Um, Yeah. But moving along to the central, um, I think it's sort of similar to the east that there's kind of – two teams that are way above the rest. Um, and for me, those are the Twins and Indians. And with two teams getting in from each division, um, like I, I feel like these two are locks. Um, the Twins are going to be World Series contenders, I feel like. They got a top three offense in baseball. They got Josh Donaldson. Jorge Planco was an all-star last year. Nelson Cruz, who's – I don't think he's in my fantasy team in, in our league – um, but I got him in another league, and he just went off the other day. Yeah. Um, and he's 40 years old, and he's still doing good, so good for him. And they got uh, Jose Barrios um, atop their staff, so they're looking real good. Um, yeah. They could make a run. And the Indians – now, I don't understand why the Indians have not done better in recent years because they've got probably the best one-two punch in baseball with uh, Ramirez and Lindor offensively. Plus, they got Shane Bieber, who's going to be – uh, I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later. I got him uh, pegged to have a good season. Yep. Um, plus uh, Mike Clevenger. Um, so those two, I feel like I have a really, really good shot at making the playoffs. And my third sort of like, sort of like a bold prediction is the White Sox. Um, I don't think, I don't think this is the year that they make a deep run, but I think this is the start of something big for them because similar uh, the Blue Jays have sort of a similar situation. They got a lot of young guys. They got Tim Anderson isn't super young, but he's sort of a part of the core, I feel like. They got Tim Anderson, yeah. Juan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal, who isn't up yet, but he's coming up, and Lucas Giolito. So, like, if they can build up their pitching, I think they're looking solid for the years to come. I think it's – so I – I, I, I kind of just have my my World Series teams written down for me right now, mm-hmm. and for the AL, I have I have four teams written down where I I could 
fathom them making it to the to the World Series. Mm-hmm. It's the Yankees, the Indians, the Astros, and the Twins. The Indians, I think, are probably the the least likely out of those out of those four. Okay. Uh, just I just I haven't seen them. It's weird because I, I haven't seen the Twins win that much more either. But I just the Indians for some reason they they scare me. They don't seem like like they could actually win big games. Yeah, I think they, they actually come to think of it, I, I huh, Cleveland's. Cleveland's such a weird city, but I, <laughs> the Astros, I feel like they have a chance to make it if they don't like lose half their players to balls to the faces. That'd be convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as if, if they stay, if they stay like unconcussed, I feel like they could, they, they got a good shot. They, they can make a, a run at it. Mm-hmm. So the, the Indians and the twins, I, they're like, two of the teams in, in my four-team playoff World Series race. Yeah, and that's kind of, I'd say, sort of the consens- consensus um, with the, the World Series favorites. I'd probably throw in the Rays and the A's as other teams. Um, but like you said, well, I think I said this on an earlier pod, sort of as like, like a bold prediction. Um, 2020 has sort of been just a really, really crappy year. Yeah, just the icing on the cake would just be the Astros to win another World Series. Um, they're not necessarily my pick, but just I I could totally see that. But they're they're making the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they obviously lost Cole Verlander might be out for the rest of the year. Um, he's shut down for four weeks, so pitching wise, they're they might struggle a little bit, but their offense is ridiculous. And the A's I feel like are super underrated. Yeah. Uh, I could actually see them making a World Series run. Their offense is super scary. Chapman, Olsen, Marcus Simeon. Um, pitching is good, not great, but um, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the A's when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but we can move on to the, uh, the National League. Um, I feel like the National League is a lot less, less top-heavy. Like, I'd say – there's one team that stands out and then the rest are sort of like a jumbled mess and you can kind of mix and match. Um, but I can go through the NL East real quick. Um, number one, I got the Braves. Um, they won the division last year. Their offense is essentially the same minus the loss of Donaldson. Um, great offense. Pitching depth is going to be a big problem for them. They got solid guys at the top of the rotation, but they just cut Mike Fulton Nevitz. Um, so they're looking for a fifth starter. But when you got Freddie Freeman, when you got Albies and Acuna, you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they're just like a core. Um, number two, I got to throw the Nats in there just because, you know, why not? You got they're having, it. They're you having, a, they're having a, a really slow start, but we saw what happened last year. They're the comeback team. I'm not, I'm not scared at all. Um, they're definitely a weaker team than the one that won the World Series yeah. with the loss of Rendon, who I'm, I'm not salty that he's gone at all. And you got Zimmerman sitting out as well. Yes, Zimmerman is gone. He, I, don't, I feel like he wouldn't have added too much. Um, I don't know how much it's. It's the mental game, Max. It's That's the true. spirit. He's That's the spirit. True. He's the he's the captain of the team. Um, yeah. But they got the best pitching in baseball, so they got Juan Soto coming back. They're, they'll be fine. And yeah. then the third team, I got the Mets. 
making the playoffs. Um, I feel like past DeGrom, they might struggle with pitching depth because Syndergaard and Stroman are both out right now. Yeah. Um, but offensively, I mean, Yoana Cespedes is coming back. The dude can hit bombs. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like the Mets are going to make the playoffs as well. Yeah. I think uh, – so my, my NL – my NL list, my World Series list is it's a three to it's a three piece. I have my my number one, and I feel like the general consensus as well. The uh, the Dodgers, I think, with the addition of Mookie, there's there's really there's not much more you could do. Mm-hmm. They're just elite all around. Yep. I think my number two would be the Braves. They have. All that that firepower, especially Acuna, is so good. Guess who uh, who has him on their fantasy? You have him on on your fantasy team. I know, and he's actually he he actually is uh he he's my pick for AL MVP. We'll we'll get back to that later. I know, yep. but oh sorry, I know. Yes, my AL MVP is even more of a given. That's true. Um, and then I, I threw in the Nationals because we saw them win it last year. They they still brought back a lot of their weapons. Mm-hmm. And once you've once you've gotten through the playoffs once, there's like you've already kind of broken that ice. And obviously, it's not easy to get back uh, at all. But there's like a certain mentality change where it doesn't seem like some faraway thing. Like they know they can get back there and they know they can win, especially against teams that cheat. So, yes, that's very true. And uh, that's why I have the Nationals in my third. Yeah, I feel like in the NL, if it's not the Dodgers in the World Series, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, Um, but there's definitely some good teams. Um, Cardinals, I feel like, are going to make the playoffs. They got Jack Flaherty and Goldschmidt. Besides that, they don't really have star power, I wouldn't say, but their depth is just ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I think they're going to win the division. The Cubs, I I wrote down like fine, like the roster's fine. Yeah. They're fine. Um, they're still they still got Bryant Rizzo and Baez. Their pitching's a little eh, but uh they'll be fine. Um yeah. the Reds, I feel like could be a surprise team. Um they got I'd say top five pitching rotation in baseball with Sonny Gray Castillo and Trevor Bauer. Um offense isn't bad either, so why not throw them in? And then my last team, I'm big on Fernando Tatis Jr. and he plays for the Padres. You are you are so big for them. I I got to throw them in um and they got Machado. Um they got Fam, they got Paddock. Yeah. So they got a lot of young guys who could uh be competitive. But Cameron, what is your World Series prediction officially? Well, in in our previous MLB podcast, I think mm-hmm. I predicted what did I I predicted uh Yankees I predict. Did I, did, I, did I do? I did Yankees losing in the AL to the Red Sox. Oh, right. I, I, I think Red Sox beating the Dodgers might have been my pick. Mm, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Dodgers. I'm going to make this exciting. I'm not going to pick the Yankees. I, oh. I, think, I, just, I think that's boring. It is a little bit. And I'm not going to pick the Astros because mm-hmm. screw the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll go Indians. Indians. I'll, Indians. I'll, I'll go Indians. I'll, I'll go Indians. Dodgers, and I'll, I'll take I'll take the Dodgers in, in five. All right, there we go. Indians, Dodgers, Dodgers in five. I'm gonna go mainstream, and I ah. just think it's gonna be Dodgers, Yankees. They're a I'd, loser. Uh, 
I don't know. I just can't see a situation where it's not. Um, I yeah. mean, they're both just so overpowered. But I will take the Los Angeles Dodgers over the Yankees in seven games. Oh, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, when it happens, everyone's going to call me a genius. Everyone. Everyone. When, when, when my scenario happened, everyone's going to call me a genius. Got it. Nice. I'm, just, I'm just saying it like it is. So we got the game predictions out of the way. Yep. Let's move on to some award predictions, some big seasons coming up. Yeah. Who are your MVP picks? So my, my MVP picks are, they're going to be boring. I went Mike Trout and Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout AL, Ronald Acuna NL. And I know that's like, there's no excitement in that, but Trout is the best player in the world. And I'm going to keep putting him as my MVP until someone proves me that he's not. I suppose. Um, And then Ronald Acuna, he's a little young. He was the 2018 Rookie of the Year. And he was three stolen bases away last year from being the fifth ever player to go 40 and 40. And that, I mean, that that only really happened because of that late season groin injury that he had. I think he would have had it without, without the groin injury. So he, he had 41 home runs, 37 steals. I obviously he, he's not going to be able to get close to those flat numbers with the short season, but if he keeps that rate up, he, he could be going for like, like a 2020 season, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Yeah. So I, I think especially if, if his team performs well, I think he's definitely a solid AL MVP um, or NL MVP to get going there. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And those are probably much more likely than the guys that I'm going to pick, but I like to go, <laughs> out of the box a little bit in case you're I'm right. So, you're so, no you're so quirky. Guys. I'm so quirky. I know. Um, in the AL, I'm going to go um, Matt Olson. Okay. The, uh, Oakland Athletics. It's a bit of a surprise. I haven't really seen anyone pick him. Um, but his offense last year, I feel like was a little underrated. And like, it was ridiculous. Like 36 home runs in only 127 games. Yeah. Um, if he played the full season, I think he missed like the first month or so. That's like 45 home runs. Um, he's one of the better defensive first basemen in the league. And I'm, I'm expecting big things out of the athletics this year. Um, I just have a feeling he's going to go off. I think he's the best first baseman in baseball. Wow. In the NL, I mentioned him earlier. I'm a big fan of Fernando Tatis Jr. Yep. He's not only fun to watch, but he's incredible at what he does. Yeah, um, he got hurt last year. I wish he didn't because he probably would have given Pete Alonso a really good run for his money for rookie of the year. Um, but the numbers he put up were just ridiculous. And if he can put anything close to what he did last year, he's going to be in the conversation. No question. Um, yeah. And I feel like the Padres have a good shot at making the playoffs too. Um, so those are my MVP picks when they happen. You know. Yep. So I, Cy Young. Young Awards. Yes, I I have Garrett Cole for the AL, and I, that's another pretty mainstream pick. Um, last year he had 326 strikeouts. He had a I think I think it was like a 39.9 percent, 40 percent strikeout rate, uh, which is 
an insane amount, and his 326 strikeouts were, I think, this, the most since Nolan Ryan had 341. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the second most since these stats were counted closely. Um, and he's he's only 29, so he's like still in his prime. He's still just, just chucking it with yeah. like max strength. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to rely on him more this year than they did last year with like a, a little bit of a downturn in that that pitching lineup. So I, I think if anything, he probably improves this year barring some random injury. So I think Cy Young for the AL, Garrett Cole has probably got that pretty locked up. That's true. Uh, for the NL, there's a little bit of personal bias to this one. It's uh, I, I have Walker Bueller. He, uh, I have him in my, uh, in my my fantasy baseball league. You do, I do. But I mean, besides that, he improved his stats last year. He improved his strikeout rate. He improved his already insane control. Um, so I think, I think, especially on a team like the Dodgers, where he'll probably be. I mean, not only is he sitting behind Clayton Kershaw, but he, he'll he'll be playing like pretty decent games, and the team's gonna do pretty well. So I think Walker Bueller is a good uh, good NL Cy Young candidate. He is for sure. Um, for me, I mentioned him earlier. Um, I'm a big fan of Shane Bieber of the Cleveland yep. Indians. Uh, I'm gonna pick him for Cy Young. I mean, his first start this year was insane. His he went six innings, 14 strikeouts, no earned runs. Um, so I feel like that's a good start. Um, and then last year, he was really good too. 3.28 ERA, uh, 5.6 war. He strikes out almost 11 batters per nine. Yeah. Um, I think he's really going to – I originally wrote down Garrett Cole, but I changed it. Um, ah, you loser. Um, you want it to be weird. But but I feel like it's going to be between Carrot Cole and Shane Bieber. Yeah. Um, and then in the NL, um, he was in the conversation last year a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I mean, his last season was really, really good. Uh, 4.7 war and a 2.75 ERA. Um, I just think he's just going to take another big step forward and um, – you know, lead the Cardinals rotation, uh, hopefully, well, I don't say hopefully, probably to a division title. Um, I, I'm going with Jack Flaherty. He's, he's a baller. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, now, we have uh, – Max and I made some bold predictions. Mm-hmm. We, we each made one bold prediction. Yes. And mine is, I think – Garrett Cole can make a serious run at AL MVP. Um, I think if Trout has a normal Mike Trout-esque season, there's really no one that's going to compete with him. But if Trout, especially in the shorter season, maybe gets off to a bad start where his stats are already skewed more than they would be, or if maybe Trout decides to maybe like mid-season say, I'm – going to go back and live with my family i'm not going to keep putting myself at risk if there's maybe another outbreak or some other weird turn of events 
I think Garrett Cole can make a serious run in the AL MVP conversation. He would only be the seventh pitcher to do it in the last 50 years. Uh, the most recent one being Clayton Kershaw in 2014. And before him, it was Justin Verlander in 2011. Um, but he, that guy is, he's insane. And I, I think he has the talent to easily be in the MVP race. Yes, I, I think that is. I don't even know if that's super bold. I feel like he's going to be in the MVP conversation. I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's only bold because pitchers don't usually win MVP. Pitchers don't usually win MVP. And Mike Trout. And Mike Trout's more of a given than really anything else. So it's like it's more of will Garrett Cole win MVP over Mike Trout rather than He's gonna is Garrett Cole good enough to – yeah. Got it. Um, for me, it's a little, it's a little different. Um, <laughs> so Chris Davis, not the Orioles Chris Davis, but the Athletics Chris Davis. Got to make sure um, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's, it can get confusing. Um, this guy is one of the most consistent hitters in baseball of all time. From 2015 to 2018, I'll, I'll just go through it. In 2015, he hit 247. In 2016, he hit 247. Yeah. In 2017, 247. Yeah. <laughs> 247. 2019, 220. He ruined uh. the streak. But what I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's going to hit 247 again. He's going to get back he's, on he's track. He's coming back. Yes. Making a comeback. Yes. Um, so that is my, my bold prediction. Chris Davis will hit exactly 247. Make it happen. It, let's, it's going to happen. happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are sort of our predictions for this season. Um, but we, we sort of mentioned this earlier. Um, uh, a big story right now is uh, with the Miami Marlins, 17 players have tested positive. Um, a lot of games have been postponed. The Nats were supposed to go down there this weekend. They originally voted not to go, and then they, MLB just decided to postpone those games anyway. Um, the Phillies played the Marlins um, opening weekend. Now they play the Yankees. Those games are postponed. So a lot of, a lot of postponements. Um, what do you think of sort of just this whole situation and how should MLB and Rob Manford go about um handling this what do you think cameron i mean we we talked about this in the last podcast but i think the mlb when they were opening back up was working under the assumption that there was going to be something like this so they should probably already have some kind of protocol that they had ready and if they didn't have anything like that ready that was just poor planning on the mlb's part because to think that they were going to keep all, all the teams and all the players completely isolated, especially while they're still traveling, is kind of naive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did hear is that the Phillies, when they did their tests after playing the Marlins, the Phillies came back with no positive results. Yeah, that's good. Which means you can, you can play a three-game series mm-hmm. without transferring it. Obviously, you don't want to – increase the chances you don't want to keep right. putting teams right next to each other if you know someone has it but mm-hmm. the fact that this season this is proof that the season can't happen without um too much inter-club spreading of the virus i don't think there's much you can do about people within the same club um trying not to get it for each other because you're in the same locker room 
like even if you are wearing the masks at, at that distance, you're just going to have too much interaction to, mm-hmm. to control at that point. But to, to know that if you can keep clubs from getting it initially, it can be pretty, it, it's reasonable to think that you're not going to transfer to other teams is good. But I, I think the MLB should probably already have something in place that they, that they were thinking of because they should have, already planned for something like this to happen. should have been prepared. Yeah. Um, It's really tough. And, but you brought up a good point that it didn't spread to other teams, which is good. Probably because they are playing the games outside after the games, they obviously go into the clubhouse where they're close together. Um, I don't know. It's really tough. Um, Like, I don't know if they should necessarily go all out and cancel the season, but I feel like it's a little unfair to the Marlins because 17 guys, that's more than half of your team. Yeah. And like they're having to go way out of the way to sign just random players to their team. Um, and when they get playing again, like their team, like no one's going to know the players cause they're all just going to be like random guys that were DFA'd. Yeah. Um, so it's a little unfair to the Marlins. Um, and then it's, it just, like the Marlins interacted with not only the players, the coaches, but also hotel workers and those hotel workers interact with people. And like, where does it stop? So it's, yeah, it's a really tough thing to manage. Um, I don't envy Rob Manford's uh, position. I don't think he's done a good job though. No, no. Um, that there, there was like a, there was a tweet where he was being interviewed. Um, actually the Nats Yankees game. Um, and there's like lightning in the background and it was just perfect because that just represented yeah. his whole thing. <laughs> his entire tenure. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. It's, re- it's really tough. Yeah. Um, but in, in other big MLB news, last night, um, the Joe Kelly of the Dodgers yep. um, decided that he was going to be a little out of control with his, his pitching. Um, I think the first the first at bat was Alex Bregman and he got it to three and oh and then he just decided, hmm, I'm gonna walk him anyway, so let's 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 make him work for it. And he just throws the ball at his head. Yeah. And then and then uh Michael Brantley like grounds into um a ground ball and then he cleats Joe Kelly. And then Joe Kelly throws at Carlos Correa. Yep strikes him out and then starts making faces at Carlos Correa. Those faces were priceless. They're, they're, they, they were actually, I, I remember watching like replays of it. Yeah. And he was just walking away like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, but now Joe Kelly is being suspended for eight games. Yep. And if you think about that, that's like almost 13% of the season. Yeah. Which is, in a, in a normal season, that'd be like a 22-game suspension. Which yeah. is absolutely just ridiculous. Like, yeah. Usually for for intentional um, hits, I think maybe like a week, maybe a maximum of like ten days, uh, especially for a relief pitcher. Um, I feel like it's a huge overreaction by MLB because they didn't punish the Astros at all. There was no suspensions for the players, so why are yeah. they suspending? Like, I don't think players should be headhunting. I feel yeah. like that is not good, but I also feel like you should have seen this coming. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I feel, 
I was listening to actually I was listening to Colin Cowherd earlier this morning, mm-hmm. and he made a really good point where, like, baseball is very strongly, in a weird way, self-officiated. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. it's the players carrying out punishments against each other that is the thing you're like you're actually afraid of, rather than the MLB coming at you and saying you're suspended players if they feel disrespected or if they are standing up for their teammates you're getting beamed so i think joe kelly getting suspended because it's in a vacuum if you're throwing balls at players i i think situations like this where the mlb needs to be neutral they treated it the right way where they looked at it in a vacuum and said we're disregarding the outside circumstances this guy threw orbs at 98 miles an hour at this guy's head like i i think suspending him was the right call maybe eight games is a little much but overall in general i think it's the right concept does joe kelly regret it at all not for a second and i'm i'm with joe kelly on this one like for the astros if you didn't want to get beamed by baseballs you shouldn't have cheated, like egregiously too. They, I mean, the, especially the Dodgers are the people who lost them in the World Series probably while they were still cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think it's – I mean, baseball players get, get balls thrown at them for like calling each other names and for like, for like maybe sliding in a funny way. So if, if you thought that you weren't getting beamed by every team on the planet – for cheating like this for that extended period of time, you're insane. So I, I, I stand by the Dodgers. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't cheat if you can't take balls to the, to the, to the shoulder. That's just how the MLB works. And they knew that going in. They, they knew that if they got caught cheating, they were going to take balls. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, they, they had to see this coming. I yeah. mean, they got no punishment at all, so this sort of is our punishment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, another thing that was just a complete baller move, just complete yeah. like, alpha move. Patrick Mahomes obviously got his, his big deal, his $500 million deal. Yeah. Uh, and his first purchase, um, well, I can't say his first, but probably I'm going to call it his first, his first purchase. With his first big contract. purchase. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's buying into the Kansas City Royals. He's going to be a yep. part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Now, I don't know if an active player has ever done something like this. Like, it's crazy. I, I know like Derek Jeter obviously owns uh, part of the Marlins, but he's retired. Yeah. Patrick McCombs, is, he's still playing football. Yeah. So he's, he's the star quarterback uh, of the football team in Kansas City, and now he's part, part-time owner um, of the baseball team in Kansas City. Like, that dude is just – he's just on top of the world down there in Kansas Yeah. I think this is, this is great for his image and, like, his, his – I think his career in general. Because mm-hmm. he's probably assuming he's playing the next 10 years oh, yeah. at least in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, to and, – and that city is – their fans are so loyal and they're just so diehard. Yeah. 
so for them to finally get this superstar caliber player who brought them back a Super Bowl and now he's like deepening his roots in Kansas City, buying part of their teams, like going all in on the community. I think this is great. I think this is a win-win. It's Kansas City gets to like Patrick Mahomes even more and Patrick Mahomes gets to really, really put himself and say, I am a Kansas City native now. Yeah. Like he's that, that is, that, that's finally, I think he's, it's really his home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's so cool. It was such a baller move. Mm. Um, I love that guy. hundred percent. So cool. Absolute um, legend. So recently um, it was sort of last minute, um, but I always do fantasy baseball. Yep. And Cameron was, he was technically in, in our league. Um, last year i wasn't i wasn't super attentive he was not totally invested in fantasy baseball he checked it not not very often did you check it at all i don't remember. uh i checked it a few times in the beginning gotcha and um, then towards like the very end of the season as well to see how right. bad it was doing so he didn't do very well um, that's correct but this year we started a league um and he's super into it so i i, just, I, I try to go all in I want to hear your thoughts, Cameron, on like how the fantasy baseball experience is going for you as a writer. I think it's 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 been pretty decent. I um, I mean, obviously my players right now, because why would you hit well? Right. I mean, right. okay, my batting average, and up until I think yesterday was like below two hundred, mm-hmm. and today it's up to uh, it's it's up to two twenty, which still I'm I'm still losing slightly better. It but it's yeah. Bad. I uh right now I'm I'm tied pretty closely. I, I have thirty-eight runs, my opponent has thirty-nine. Ooh. I have nine home runs, he has eleven. We're both we're tied on stolen bases with five each. He's destroying mm-hmm. me in RBIs. I'm he has double mine. Nice. What what who's really coming through is uh my pitchers. They they've they've been coming in clutch. I have uh well my two, they've they've fallen off recently. They, <laughs> yeah, it's it's taken a big hit recently. Oh yeah. My my two aces that I got, uh, in the the first four rounds were, I got Walker Bueller and um and Patrick Corbin for the Nats, and I, up until like two days ago, I had an ERA of like point three. Yeah. Like it was for for a few days. I my pitchers were just going in and just throwing gas, just absolute insanity. And I don't know what happened. And and yesterday it was at like one point three. And now I'm at four point one seven. Well in for my Hand, ERA. I looked, Brad Hand did not do very well today. Oh, is like, he just it was like point one innings pitched and like three earned runs or something. That's good. That, that's that's yeah. oh that's awesome. That's great for me. Yeah. Um but I'm actually still in the lead. I have a four point one seven ERA. I'm playing against someone who's 4.2. Dude, my- so it's not awful. And I mean, they're just they're. I I, I was like two seven and zero or two mm-hmm. seven one. It's a little closer. Now I'm three five and two. A few, like literally, not too long ago it was four four and two. I just yeah. need those runs to go back up and maybe get like another win. Then I'm in the lead. Yeah. So now, I, I'm three five and two as well. And I'm with you though. My pitchers are just carrying. Like yeah. I have a I have a one point two four ERA right now, so like, oh. they're ridiculous. Like I loaded up on pitchers, so I got Castillo, Gray, Soroka, Minor, 
um, Strasburg, who's hurt, Kershaw, who's hurt, Kluber, yep. who's hurt. So I'm not done doing too well on the injury front. Yeah. Um, but I also got Ronald Acuna, so I expect to do very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that you are invested this year. Well, I, really I, I have exciting. I have more than one Miami player on my team. Oh, and I just a few one. and a few Washington players on my team as well. So all those games are getting postponed. Gotcha. So I think um, that's that's having an effect. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the 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 sports talk of the day, and now yep. we're moving on to everyone's favorite everyone's favorite segment. segment: random rankings you didn't know you needed. Yes. And today we have a special one up for you. Today we have the top five rappers born in January. So this list, as you may have guessed, is specific to rappers whose uh, whose birthday falls in January. Yes. Yes. And, um, my birthday also falls in January, which means I'm destined to be a rapper. Especially how many rappers were born in January. A surprising amount. I, I don't know if the volume itself is a lot, but it's a very quality it's list. It's top heavy. Yeah. It's yeah. very top heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you my notable mentions first. True. Uh, my notable mentions are MF Doom, Raekwon, and Rick Ross. Rick Ross his voice I feel like is very unique and I personally, I only really like it when it like in certain styles of song. I I think Brimstone is a fantastic song. That's one of his, I think it's one of his best songs. It's, it's more like a groovy kind of thing and kind of more upbeat, but his verse in money in the grave with Drake, it's really weird. And I know everyone loves that verse and I don't, I just don't like the way his voice goes with it. So that, that's why he's in my notable mentions. Raekwon, I don't listen to him a lot, but whenever I do hear him in features or by himself, I always like him. Mm-hmm. And then MF Doom, I have, I actually have a long thing about MF Doom. I won't, we, the, we can talk about rap in general because I could go on and on about yes, stuff like this for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, with MF Doom, I could talk for a while. My thing with MF Doom is, in short, that I have all the respect in the world for him because I understand the impact he had on lyrical rap and making lyricism like a big thing in the community, uh, especially his style of it. But he's very, very unique in that he's... I, th- I think the best comparison for him is Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan, like Bob Dylan's voice is not that great. It's, it's, it's weird and it's unique, but it, it's not like technically perfect. And he's always had like a bit of a rough sound to him. And that's the same for MF doom. He has like a weird voice and he's not always on beat and it's a little bit rough, but the songs that he, he was like very impactful on the, uh, on the rap game in general. Um, so my number five rapper is, uh, Rakim, Rakim. I think the first song I ever, I ever listened to him or listened to by him was the 18th letter. And I really got into him. I listened to a lot of his stuff with Eric B at that older style of rap. And I I think he's the one that got me into that, that older nineties rap. So that's why he's, he's my number five. Nice. Yeah, my number five, you mentioned him. Uh, he was in your notable mentions, uh, Rick Ross. Now, I my thing with Rick Ross is I like when he's featured in stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like 
I can only take like so much at once. Yeah. Like he's definitely got some good songs on his own, but like Money in the Grave, you don't like it. I that's one of my favorite Drake songs. Like oh, I, I I love the Drake part. Well, I just, you just the Rick Ross, yeah. Ross part. Um a lot of my favorite like he, he's in a couple others with Drake. Um he's in one that was in the Suicide uh Squad soundtrack, which I really liked. Um he's I I I really, I actually really like his voice, um, but I feel like I can only take so much. So I like when he's featured, but he, he does crack my top five. Yeah. Um, number four, I have Kid Cudi. I, I think before this month, he would not have been in my top five, but I, I just recently started listening to him. I, I, like, I did like a full listen through of his entire uh, discography and it's it's so good it's so unique and you kind of have to shift your mindset to fit what he's doing because it's a very weird and like he's very much his own person with the brand of music he does and with him i feel like i either really really love the song or i kind of listen to it and i'm like i i don't really understand what's happening here but his his bangers are absolute I mean, I could listen to them. Like right now, I've been listening to Mr. Rager by, by Kid Cudi on repeat just for days. And so I listen to his whole discography and it's really good. And I love how weird he is and how mm. he still makes it sound good. And I think his verse on the adventures of Moon Man and Slim Shady is so slept on. Yeah, I, I know I, I people didn't, didn't really lo- love that song in general. And the people who liked that song were talking about it like the m verse the m and m verse kind of carried it mm-hmm. i i love that song and i agree the m and m verse was better but that mm-hmm. kid cuddy verse was really good and people like when you listen like to actually to what both of them are saying mm-hmm. it's it's so good yeah um yeah my my whole thing with that song is just it was it, it was a little boring for me it was just the same beat for it's three it's definitely a, it's a very like simplistic kind of thing yeah um yeah. my number four is x um yeah I, I i haven't listened to a ton of his stuff but i feel like a lot of his stuff like he's got some really really popular ones sad's awfully obviously a really good one a great song uh look at me I like that one. And then Moonlight's yeah. Moonlight's a really good one. Moonlight's like, a great song. Yeah, I, yeah. I also like his acoustic stuff, like where you just like him and yeah. guitar. So his soft stuff, I feel like um, it, it has him stand out a little bit. Um, and I, he's my number four. He's definitely, he's, he's, he has a very wide range of stuff. Yeah. And our, our uh, top, so our top three are the exact same. It's, um, it's the exact same in the exact same order. Yeah. So I can just, I'll just yeah. give you the three and then we'll both talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top three that Max and I both have is we have Logic at three, J. Cole at two and Mac Miller at one. And now you're like, all these people are born in January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what January is. Um, for Logic, I, I don't know if he would have been as high if No Pressure wasn't as good of an album. Yeah, recency bias. but also. Yeah, recency bias. But I, it's also like along with Under Pressure and the uh, – oh, what's the, the space one? The album? The, the, the story. It's the something – the true something story. I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. It's a great album. 
Um, along with that, it has three fantastic albums. Uh, his his more boom bap, chill kind of vibes is is really what I like for. So I loved I loved uh, that recent album. And overall, I think when Logic is is writing like real stuff, I really like him. Actually, my my top song, by the way, just a quick little thing from the. No Pressure album was uh, were Dad Bod, Soul Food, Soul Food 2, and Man I Is, but they're all good. Yeah, that album you were talking about, The Incredible True Story. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just forgot the name. I was just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, Logic, I just listened to his album. It's so, so good. And it's so good. I It makes me want to go back and listen to some more of his stuff. Um, but uh, I'm just going through like all the songs right now, trying to pick my favorites. I think what was there, 15 songs. I liked 13 of them. Like it was yeah, yeah, such yeah. a good album. I liked Hit My Line a lot. Hit My Line was good. I like Celebration, Aquarius Three, Soul. Like literally, like all of them. I think I I, I think I also like 13 of them. I think the two I didn't like were the outro where it's just like George Orwell talking for four and a half minutes. Yeah. And I like, then, I like the sentiment, but it was not. Yeah. Like, it was, it, it, it was nice in terms of the album, but it's not something I would like want to add to a playlist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't, I didn't like perfect either. Oh, I think that was another one that I didn't love. Yeah. But just overall, he's, he's an awesome dude. And I feel like, isn't he like going to start streaming on Twitch now? I heard I, I heard that like he's retiring from rap. Yeah, 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 and he's he's streaming on Twitch now, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, Logic's a cool dude. Uh, so for me, J Cole and Mac Miller, I feel like could be switch like could be interchanged based on the mood I'm in that day. I think J Cole, if I'm looking for something kind of hard and just like to put your headphones in and bump to, J Cole is is the artist you're looking for. And his he, he released two new songs, uh, and one of them I really liked. I didn't super I didn't super like Lion King on Ice, but whatever that uh, like the climb back I think I I, I uh, really liked that. Uh, so J Cole, it's he he makes really good stuff. I think O Three Adolescence might be my favorite song by him. It's all bangers. Um, so that, that's why he's number two. Only reason I have Mac Miller above him is because in general, I'm in more of a Mac Miller chill kind of vibe that that style of rap. But I, I think those two, they're very not very different, but they're they have different styles of music. But I think they're they're both really good. Yeah, for me, my whole thing on J Cole is I like a lot of his earlier stuff. Like yeah, that's fair. Born Sinner and 2014 Forest Hills Drive are probably yeah. like those are two of my favorite albums. But just his recent stuff has not been there for me, which is probably why I have Mac Miller a little higher. And like Mac Miller just I feel like he's got like quantity. Like he's got so many songs. He I does. He put out a lot of like. albums and they were all good too. Yeah, so I feel like I like two or three songs by J Cole, like a lot better than I like, like my favorite two or three of Mac. Yeah. But Mac's got like 15 or 20 that I can just put on and just really, really enjoy. Yeah. Whereas J Cole, I don't think he has the substance. I agree. But yeah, that's fair. That's about it. That's about it for today. Um, as always, thank you. For thank you so listening. much for, 
for listening. We, we appreciate it if you made it this far. I know. As always. Not a ton of you, but um, yes, follow us on social media. Uh, all like platforms. If you're on um, YouTube, tell your friends about us, of course. Um, and then until next time, we'll yeah. see you later. See you later, guys. See ya.